It's your boy. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for Fat Man Scoop's wife. Can you imagine having an argument with him? I bet you he is the quietest dude. I bet you like he barely gets above like a conversational whisper. <laughs> and he sits down and like he like he you ever notice like people, especially like men who have bellies, they 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 interlock their fingers and rest on top of their belly and like lean back, rest their hand on their belly. Well, what else are you gonna do with it? I mean, you know, you got the nice little, you know, it's a little shelf. I mean, it's a t- yeah, it's a tape. I would, I would really, if I was fat, like I would put plates on my, on my, <laughs> on my stomach. I really would. And that's no shots. Little, like, little bag of chips. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what we need a TV tray for? <laughs> Save my little nine dollars. You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your host, Armand. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. But more importantly, follow the official CRS podcast Twitter handle at what I just spelled out. (laughs) (laughs) ClockRadioSpeakers.com is powered by Tumblr. You can get our Facebook, our SoundCloud, our iTunes, our Stitcher, shoutthefourthdistrict.com. You can also check us out there. Shout out to everybody who listens to us from that site. And uh, yeah, what's up, Doc? What's going down? The, the all new clockradiospeakers.com. Yeah. Clap it up for Doc, man. You listen. Listen, Doc does a lot of, a lot of work for Clock Radio Speakers, number one. <laughs> and number two, when he does it, he doesn't even tell me what he does. So he I just, just like randomly, like the site had been changed for like a couple weeks when you, when you sent me the text, right? I was like, did I ever tell you I totally switched up the website? And you it were was like, random. <laughs> we were talking about something completely different. I don't know if we were talking about like Marcus Graham mixes or like a show or something totally different. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I revamped the site. Like, thanks doc. Appreciate it. Thanks for letting me know. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's going on everybody. You can follow me on Twitter at doc underscore beats. S not a Z. Um, yeah, man. Uh, a little tired, you know. Was down in down in New York last night, you know, on my grind. Shall sh- you shopping beats again? No, no, that, we're not. That, we're not. Uh, the interview with uh, Sunday Old School kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, uh, shout out to Sunday Old School. Um, I realized when I plugged them on the podcast, I forgot to mention the, their name. I was like, yeah, I got something to plug. I was on a podcast and I forgot to say Sunday Old School. So I think so. If I did forget, I apologize. And if not, let me say it again because there's another episode out. So yeah. it's yeah. the second half of our conversation. Um, yeah, check it out. If you if you like the show, you'll probably like it because I get extra nerdy. And, yeah, it's a good you know. listen. It's a really, really good listen. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, there's some things that, that you kind of talked, you guys talked about that I didn't even know. So yeah, definitely a good listen. So what? A, yeah, so you was in New York, man. You was you was out in them streets, cuz? <laughs> You bring you ain't let me know. You ain't send me no Shake Shack or nothing. Shake Shack, bugger. Uh, you know what the lines like at Shake Shack? I do. I tourists, do. man, tourists. Terrible. Yeah, because the the funny Shake Shack is good. Like it's not the best in the world. I think I would prefer maybe like Smash Burger over Shake Shack, but still, you know. No, Shake Shack is good. Um, yeah, Shake Shack's still good though. They've got one up in Connecticut now, so we. Um, no. Listen, man, move out to the Midwest, man. Everything goes through the Midwest, son. <laughs> Get one out here. Watch uh, the Cleveland or something. I don't even know about it. <laughs> that always happens. I'm looking it up right now. But uh yeah, what's what's uh what's 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 popping, man? What's going on? Um, not much. Uh, you know. Um yeah, I'm good. Like life is good right now. The weather's changing. Um a little cooler yeah. outside. Yeah. Um, which is nice. Like, you know, I'm going to a football game all day on Saturday and it's going to be like a high of 70 or something. And I'm like, man, that is perfect. This perfect. New England has this very short window. We have like four weeks from like the end of September into the middle of October. Yep. And then we have like four weeks in the spring and that's it because before these four weeks, it's hot all summer. And then by the time we get close to, halloween you know you you're wearing jackets and that's fine but like it's just you're you're gonna have a couple random mornings where you wake up and it's like 30 degrees and you're like oh god already 
Yeah. So it's a very nice time right now. Leaves are about to change in like a week or two. So, you know, we're the very stereotypical uh, New England right now. So. Oh, yeah. They already fall. They already falling off here. Yeah. They're changing colors and falling off here. Um, yeah. Same, same, same here. It's always like my birthday's Halloween. And like, that's usually the day of, yeah, it's over. Like, it's always the coldest day of the year up until that point on my birthday, and I hate it. So, I don't know, man. But, yeah, it sucks. So, anyway. <laughs> so, so um, last week, we we talked a lot about uh, Little Brother, Ninth Wonder. Uh, we, we, missed, did, we missed a lot. We missed a lot. You know, it's one of those things where here's the problem. Like, from my perspective, you can tell me if, if you disagree, Armand. I, we missed a lot, but I don't know if we missed enough to do another show. Um, nah, I thought, and I should have wrote them down because as I listened to the episode the next day, I was like, oh, I forgot to talk about, you know, the, the Drake and Kanye basically, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, leeching or being heavily influenced by Fonte and, you know, things that, of that nature. That, that's a little strong, but I'll, uh, what else? Hey, okay, hey, read the, go to the smoking section and read the article that they posted, uh, maybe about a year ago about, Fonte, Drake, and Kanye, where Kanye sort of backhandedly gives Fonte a compliment, saying, talking about how influential he was, about how, you know, without speed, uh, spaceships never exist. And, like, you know, of course, the whole Drake and take care story and all that stuff. So, no, 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 no. it's plausible. Uh, I, I think some of that, you might, there's some truth to that, but I think some of that is also like, you're just saying nice things about somebody whose music you like. Like, you can go way too far with that sort of stuff. I don't know, man. You can go I, way I hear too far with it. I hear way too much Fonte and Kanye and Drake's music to to deny that there is a heavy, heavy, heavy influence. And as much as as much as Drake used to pay homage to the Little Brother on records, like right, I, I you know certainly older Drake. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Think, he's not leeching off him anymore. Oh no, he's found new people to leech off. <laughs> but um, um, we'll get we'll get into that a little later. But okay. yeah, we missed stuff. But you're right though. I think it was one of those things where I think for a lot of people it was just. I think I think we Clock Radio speakers sort of toes a line, and I've been hearing a lot of critique about critics lately. Hmm. So you know, I've been hearing people say, "Oh well." you know, journalist, rap journalists and rap critics and rap bloggers and, and podcasters are only people who, you know, they're disgruntled artists who never got on. So now this is their chance to get on, et cetera, et cetera. And I know a lot of people listen to clock radio speakers and say, you know, you know, they talk about when, when we say we critique music, yes, we critique music. But I think the difference is, is clock radio speakers is merely what a lot of us do. We just have a record button and a SoundCloud. That, yes, but I also think that you and I, we have listened to so much music over the years and we have been involved in making enough music over the years that we also understand how it works. Like sometimes at a technical level, which allows us to sort of understand some of the differences or you can pick up on on influences and stuff like that. And I think that's helpful. And But I, I totally, I can't stand this notion like of, like when you hear people saying that about critics and I, you, you'll hear this too where it's like, you know, especially with sports criticism where it's like, oh, if you didn't play the game, you don't know. And it's like, please, that that is completely by, by that logic. Only players should be allowed to be GMs and coaches and like and that's just not how it works. You do not have to do something in order to be able to observe it under, and understand it. Right. They don't tell historians, oh, you didn't go and fight the war, so you can't talk about it. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I, but I, you try I, to wake I, me up? You, you try? <laughs> yeah, yo, listen, fam. Listen. <laughs> I mean, but you know, I think yeah, that that's just just something that I've noticed and I'm I kind of have to sit back and you know, sometimes you have to consider yourself like do you fall into that sort of critique cuz you know, when you're in it and when you're on the outside looking in, it's two totally different perspectives. So I almost had to say, you know, are are do we come off as that? Because I know that you and I Personally, we're not disgruntled. We still, you know, create music and like we just do it from a different space, a different place. But are we are we sort of sitting there with our arms crossed, you know, angrily shouting our critiques at people that we secretly want to be like? And the answer to that is no. Um, but, you know, I just want I, I just want to say anyway. I hear you. I hear you. I wasn't it, trying to I wasn't trying to make it all antagonistic. No, 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 I think no, no, no. I think there I, is a difference. I think 
I think it's entirely possible for critics to feel that way, but I also think that has nothing to do with your sort of background, like being a critic. Like you could be a former like musician or you could not be a former musician. And sometimes it's a generational thing. And we're going to talk about sort of this generational gap that is emerging in hip hop, at least like from my perspective, we're going to talk about that today because we're, we're, you know, we're going to talk about future and Drake later on. And um, I think that influences it too. You know, like there is a shift happening. Yeah. Um, finally, like, I feel like, um, you know, to a certain extent, like the nineties rappers, they really hung around for a while. And, mm. and like, and as a result, there was only so much room in the two, in the early two, you know, in that, in the first decade of the two thousands for rappers, but we're, you know, we are definitely coming to like a decided, like just, you know, either you get it or you don't. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing, right? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a combination of things, but it's like, here's this huge, you know, there's a huge generational, like group, there's a huge generation that grew up on the heyday of like nineties hip hop. And they're all getting now to their thirties. And yeah. like, they're just like, you know, they're listening to stuff like, you know, Drake and future. And there's a, a percentage of people who are just like, get off my lawn. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and we can talk about it. like, I, so all that to talk say, about I, 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 I want to talk about that when we get to, when we get to the, um, we get to that project, but all that to say, I think that is happening. And I think that there, people have a problem with criticism in general. And I think that sometimes those overlap, but I think they're not the same. So that was it's, sort of my point. It's weird. People have a problem with like critique, but like everybody critiques. They just don't, there's a lot of people just don't see what they do as critique. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we, if, if you are watching a, if you are watching a presidential debate and you are list, looking at the candidates, I'm not watching the debate. I'm just going through Twitter, watching people's responses and 99% of them, whether it be good or bad, it's a critique. So why is critique bad in this situation? But then you participate in it in, in another avenue. Like, it's all the same. The, the only difference is what it is that is being critiqued or what it is that's being reviewed or what it is that's being uh, that the conversation is about. So I don't know, man. No, I don't want to I don't want to like navel gaze too much and talk about sort of a very have a meta conversation about critiques too much, because I don't know if, if people really want to hear us get into that. If you do, let us know. But like in general, I, you know. I, I just think people want us to talk because every time we say let us know, somebody's always like, yeah, talk about it. <laughs> like, all right. But well, you- we well, we can critique this. Let, let's talk about your man, Rick Ross. All right. Um, He put out another new song. Yeah. And it's dope. Yeah. And so this one feels like definitely, I feel like they're apparent. I don't know. Was there like a, a, a sort of economically conscious hip hop like ross ep that they had in the vaults and they're just slowly getting songs out like right i'm i'm like this sounds very much like in the vein of foreclosures yes um fiscally responsible rick ross i like this guy (laughs) (laughs) he gets some seminars on tv maybe a you know a branded uh you know rose credit card yeah no not those credit no not those not, not the those, prepaid not, debit cards yeah not the rush card <laughs> you know that is really awful like that it, it's those things are terrible man. praying on praying on you know people who are are in the best financial situation and it's like hey you can have access to this card but here's a 45 percent interest rate and i'm not and i'm not just like i'm not in that place in my life now but like i when we grew up in the when i grew up in the military family we didn't have much money at all and in fact all you have to do is go out the front gate of any like air force or army base and yes. you're gonna see payday loans yes. you're gonna see pawn shops you're gonna see like they they prey on they prey on young soldiers and airmen sure because they prey on no, us right if you if you're a young airman and you're married and you got a kid, there's a chance in some parts of the country you're going to be on food stamps. Yeah. Like, so all that to say, like, I understand, like, I know this, I know, I I mean, my, you know, but like my dad, you know, like my dad growing up was, you know, he was one of four kids. His mom was a single mom for a while. Like he, you know, was on welfare forever as a kid. Like, you know, my family didn't exactly, wasn't exactly born with like a silver spoon in our mouth or whatever. Um, And stuff like, those rush cards or title loans or payday loans. I mean, heck the lottery, like there are so many things that like we as a society have pretty much just shrugged and said, well, we're a capitalistic society. So sometimes stuff happens. Like yeah. it's crazy to me. 
like <laughs> really like we've just decided like yeah we're gonna you know basically all that stuff is like there's an information there's a gap in information and the more you know the less you'll get preyed upon yeah. and we've decided that it's okay for that to be financially rewarding for people like that's just crazy a country to me yeah so you got me talking yeah. about payday loans and everything you can get me on my on my high horse yo um I'm- but but to me that's that's good because it 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 goes about sort of what you you talked about when you you were speaking about just me and sort of our differences with uh on Sunday old school with sort of our differences or not even differences but um as we get older and we make uh decisions in our lives and things of that nature like we want to we sort of want our entertainment to have a a real life aspect sometimes so you know conceptually and content wise I like it when the music that I listen to creates this sort of conversation. This is dope to me. So to me, like Rick Ross, great. But what, how many people would not give Rick Ross a chance because they're going to play this mixtape and they're going to assume it's a million BMF records. But Ross is, is quietly making very, very good music. Well, and Black Dollar was good, not great. It was, it was, no, no, it was good, but it had great songs on it. It had some. Um, had great songs on it now. So then, cause then it, it, it cause let me ask you this, okay. like he's putting out these records. So last week it was a uh, work, right? Yep. And which, now, which was more that sort of traditional MMG. Yeah. It was more MMG than BMF, which I wasn't mad at because I, I like to hear, I don't really hear Ross on Jalo beats records like that. And right. they don't, it doesn't bother me at all. I, sh- I actually think work is kind of dope, but, uh, like babies cry. I guess it begs it, it begs the question, is Ross, is he still doing this? Because as you said last week, he didn't get the response that he wanted from Black Dollar. Or is there something else going on? It's either that or he's, you know, he's trying a strategy where he wants Clackery speakers to talk about him every week for a while. Like, I don't yeah. know how, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if, you know, we've seen rappers and other just people in general try the strategy of, you know, every week. You're gonna you're gonna have something for me to talk about, like you can only keep that up for so long, and that's a that's a that's a that's like cheap applause in a sense, like mm. you know, is it cheap applause when the music is good? Only like what I guess the the question is like what is the goal? Because right. like I, right, it I just don't see Ross as the kind of like I think he's just been around for too long. I think he's too used to the way that the industry normally works to just all of a sudden totally switch it up and be like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the Drake model. I'm just going to put out songs on SoundCloud whenever I feel like it. And like, I'm not even going to stress it. Like Ross does not seem like that kind of guy to me. So to me, this is, I mean, it's pretty much like, oh, Black Dollar didn't do what I really wanted. So I need something else for people to talk about because he, there must be some other shoe to drop because it will be very strange if there, in a sense now, if there are no more new songs for like, say, month and a half, two months. So it's like, okay, so you came up with a mixtape that was too long and had filler. And then you had two good songs that could have been on the mixtape that came out two weeks after, like in the two weeks after, like what? And then you, and then you disappeared for two months. Like I, we're, I think right now we're, we're in the middle of it. So we don't know where it ends up, but I'm sure. not quite sure if it makes sense. Sure. Sure. I, I, it, this actually had me make one to make a 1.5. I mean, you're gonna add, cut, you're gonna cut like half that. I am. Okay. I mean, I'm just gonna make a, a EP and yeah. then add uh add the Migos record that was supposed to be on what Self Made Four or something like that. Add that. I was serious. Uh, add that and then um add everything a dope boy ever wanted in these two records. Everything so, yeah, a dope boy ever wanted is a little old, but it's a great song. I I don't care. I know it's a great song. Yeah, I don't care. That, that record is that record is super dope. And then yeah, have a a, a solid maybe eight or nine track project. Me to taking it, taking the Impala. Shoot, like that's it. <laughs> is it? Uh, is it Chevy Impala music time again? It is. It is. It is. Is the Chevy Impala gonna last another year? <laughs> it'll last. It'll last. It better last another year. <laughs> I'm in the process of putting some money into it, so it does last another okay. year. And okay. then, and then we go. We go. We're gonna upgrade next year. We're gonna upgrade next year. I want. I want that new Impala, man. That new Impala is nice. Oh, you still gonna stick with the Chevy Impala, huh? I. It, honestly, it's funny because the reason why I bought. My Impala is because it was the only car I could comfortably fit in. Mm, uh, yeah, all right. A lot of a lot of the other full size models uh, in two th- when I bought my car oh seven, um, it's been a while. A lot of, of those a lot of those other full size vehicles that are in that same sort of like category, they weren't really full size. Yeah, or if they were full size, they were outside of my budget. Um, so now 
shoot, mid-size vehicles are the new full size. I mean, you, know? you just uh, you know, you need to uh, need to get the Lex bubble. Maybe I the- do need to get the Lex bubble. I need to get the Q45 Infinity. I need to get. I want a rap car. I need an MPV. Ah, oh, MPV would be great. I need a I need a rap car. A rap car. Um, so there are two albums that have been released lately that we have been reference we've been referring to on the show saying, yeah, we need to get to it. And we haven't really talked about it yet. And some of that is because we've had other stuff to talk about. And some of it is because I don't really know how good these albums are. So I want to talk for like a couple minutes real quick. So did you listen to the Mac Miller album at all? I did. Okay. What'd you think? Um, two things stuck out to me. Okay. One, he is not the same rapper who put out Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza and La 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 when actually I I I liked Max Mac, Max Miller. I liked <laughs> I liked Mac Miller back evil in, twin brother. <laughs> Mac and Max. It's like the episode of The Simpsons with Bart had the twin brother who lived in the in the attic and ate fish heads. Um I liked Mac Miller back in 08, 09, whenever that was out. And uh he can he can rap. He can put words together. Um and it's always cool as somebody who sort of studies lyricism, whenever somebody is rapping a group of words and you're expecting them to rap them with other words and they say something else. Yeah. And it, it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that was good. And then the production, I thought the production was really cool, was really jazzy. I thought um, there were some good beats. I like the beats of brand name, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, but I think... In that, and I really liked the outro. I loved, um, and that's not the outro. Well, yeah, the outro to the original. I liked Godspeed a lot. I liked the way that the album ended, even though there's a bunch of tracks afterwards that I believe are are bonus cuts. Oh, bonus, yeah. Um, and I liked Break the Law, but other than that, like, I don't know if this was well put together music. If that makes sense. So the beats, are, the beats are dope. The rhymes are dope. But for whatever reason, it just didn't gel for me. I thought he sounds awful on this, actually. Um, oh, wow. Like, he's really biting Drake and Big Sean, like, all over parts of this album. Mm. Like, just outright stealing their flow in a way that I've never heard from Mac Miller before. Mm. Like, uh, it was jarring because he just sounds like a different rapper to me. Um, I, yeah, this was not at all sort of what I kind of expected. Um, I had higher hopes for it, actually. Um, it's got a great like production like list of producers on it. I just I could not get past him as a rapper actually. Like on this, wow. I was like, no, um, wow. yeah, not not really a fan um, at all. <laughs> okay, okay, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I said, but this this album has been getting really good, uh, really good feedback online. I've been seeing. Yeah, and I don't know. Um, he's got a great story right now, like. He took Macklemore's. <laughs> he did not take. Yes, he did. He, uh, you know, he was uh, he was addic- addicted to uh, some things and Macklemore <laughs> got clean. It's funny because okay, so then riddle me this, Batman. Mm-hmm. So in the in the narrative, he got clean, but like the one of the first lines on the album, he says something along the lines of, uh, you know, I'm not sober. I'm just at a. I'm just in a better place. So did you get clean or did you not get clean? Because to me, clean means I don't do drugs. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's a, a like I. I think there. I think people are of two minds when it comes to how you quote unquote get clean. Like some people have the mentality of it's all or nothing, right? Um, and for some people, it's it's a spectrum and it's a journey. Like especially if it's a recent thing, you are not. Like it is so rare to be a hundred percent like, nope, I'm good. Like that whole like cold turkey myth. There are some people who from like that might work for, but there are lots of people who they just can't do that. Mm. So I might be reading too much into it. That's possible, but we might be, we might be. But to me, like, I just think in general, I don't think it's like you wake up one day and you're like, nope, I'm clean. Like not at all. Not at all. Especially when we're talking chemicals, like of any kind, like your body will develop dependencies. Like there, never mind social pressures and everything else. Like that's why it is a combination. That's why it is a, it takes a combination of things to get clean. If that's what you decide you want to do. And that's why it is not a hundred percent like day one. Yep. I'm good. I didn't have a drink today for the first time. And I'm never going to have a drink again. Like if drinking is your thing, like that's not how it works. Like if you're lucky and you never have a drink again, because you decided not to do it. It's not like it's just a, Oh yeah, I just decided and that was it. No, your body's gonna want it. Your mind's gonna want it. Like you have to fight it. You know what I mean? So that's how I interpreted it when I heard that. Okay. Got you. See, this is interesting. Like ten years ago, 
we would probably like we could have this conversation, but um, right, you know, I'm sure if I go to Rap Genius right now, there is a definitive, would a quote unquote definitive interpretation. Right. Um, that's a really interesting place of power for Rap Genius. Like, unless it's a verified annotation where the artist themselves has gone in and like said, "This is what I meant." Is it really? Should, are we, are, do you think people rely on Rap Genius too much now to tell them what a song means? I I, I can't say that. Okay. Because I I don't know how people sort of interpret lyrics but i guess we can we can use that in the instance of joe button his new album comes out in a couple weeks and he has leaked they've released the lyrics to the entire album with annotations on rap genius already so they're there and they're putting out videos for each song where joe and uh rob markman who hosted taylor allardyce are basically talking about the song so I don't know. I'm very curious to see how that works. Like that's some that's some super 2000s all hip hop so sort of thing where the lyrics come out before the song. Well, it is, you know but I think did- in a, in a weird way that is Joe Budden directly acknowledging what his fans care about. Absolutely, Absolutely. they don't I'm- care about the beats. And and list and based off of the snippets, this might be the best produced album he's put out. Mm. But um, he knows that. I mean. He knows that he knows that lyrics are are way far and away his strong point. Right, the beats he has to have good enough beats for the critics to not pan him. Yeah, but the lyrics are what his fans will get excited about. Right, absolutely. I mean, he put he put out a, a lyric book a few years ago, so you know, I guess those are sort of being phased out. Because I mean, if Jay Z puts out a lyric book, who else is going to put out a lyric book in this in, now? Except maybe what Lupe or something like that. You could do a lyric app if you were a big enough artist. It's kind of corny. You think so? Yeah, an, an app, right? Because see, this would be something for Rap Genius too. Because Rap Genius has an app, and it'll like it. Uh, it knows what song you're playing, so you could just jump into it. I think they have that. I know who. I know the Who Sampled app can do that, right? So, Rap Genius could just like license this out, like for a big name rapper. It could be like you know, you could even package that in, like, hey, you download like you can go buy this app in the app store and what you're really buying is like the album with all this stuff like built in including the rap genius lyrics like i think there's an opportunity for no if that yes i thought you were talking about like download the drake app with you know with all his lyrics and nothing else but if it if it no i think you have to tie into the music like otherwise it's just silly no i i when i when i said an app i meant because you can take advantage of all the things you're already doing on your phone i agree right yeah i think that would be an interesting way but you're right i think the booklet I think that w- I think we're now at the point where like printed lyrics in a book, you got to go really upmarket. Like you'd have to get like a really fancy, like almost like a coffee table book, like really nice, like really nice binding, like big like photographs on the pages where there's now lyrics, like lots of stuff, like really like nerded out for the people who like almost like want a piece of art. You know what I mean? Agreed. And then and then you can charge a ridiculous amount for it. Agreed. Sell it at Urban Outfitters. No, 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 you got to go better than that. What you told me, you actually talking about putting it, I was about to say borders. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about putting it in a, in a, in a Barnes and Noble? Yeah. No, yeah, something, something real. Urban Outfitters. I mean, just because they have the novelty books. The novelty yeah, no, I'm thinking books. like you could really go up, you could really go high class with it. Yeah, but it really depends. Like what artists could do that? There's a handful. Um, what art, what artist is really focused on lyrics and then even from an artistic standpoint? I think a Nas one would sell. There you go. I agree. I agree. I, I honestly don't know why he hasn't done that yet. I think um, <laughs> I don't know why Fini Shakur hasn't done one either because um, Are, you know what? A lot though? of money to be made there. It, it's funny because they really hoard out Tupac's catalog up until the Eminem album. And that was what? Oh, four. Yeah, th- there was just it was so much. And then it was. <laughs> And then they completely cut it off. I think now is a good time to do something. Actually, um, next year is. Okay. Because it's the 20th anniversary of his death. Oh, yeah. The, oh, my God. I know. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> you all right? Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, know. You're right. They'll it's be crazy. It's crazy. They'll be doing something. We're did, I send you, did I send you that, 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 uh, that documentary? On? Uh, Tupac and Biggie. I don't think so. Okay. I, got, I need to forward it to you. It's really good, really good watch. It talks about like why they opened the case back up and who really killed them. And da, da, da. they've got like 911. They've got Puff's 911 call from the from the truck right after Biggie got shot. Like it's good. 
It's really, really good. I'll shoot it to you. So we also have J-Rock's album, 90059. Yeah. Um, yep. So what'd you think about this album? You know, I heard it the first time. Um, when it when it first came out, I heard it and it didn't initially blow me away. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure. It was just like the it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't whack. It just didn't really hold my attention. Mm. And I went back and listened to it this week for the show. And some of the beats are dope. J Rock can rap, but and it's not whack. But it's it's two things about TDE that that are really interesting. And I think you've talked about this before. For one, I don't. It's weird. Just where there's Kendrick, where Kendrick has the Interscope aftermath sh- machine behind him, yeah, and he's he's waving the TDE banner. So of course he has eyes on him, and these eyes are saying, "Okay, we like you. Who else do you guys have?" And they're like, "Well, glad you asked. We've got Absol, we've got J Rock, we've got Schoolboy Q, we've got SZA, and we've got Isaiah Rashad." And for the most part, everybody else on TDE is trying to carry this banner that is now heavier because Kendrick has set the bar so high that like they don't it just they just don't seem like they know what to do. They want to match the success of Kendrick, but they don't have the resources to do it. So it kind of makes for awkward art. Well, and that's sort of what I got with this J-Rock album. I think it's abundantly clear that like when we say TE or even if you just boil it down to when we say Black Hippie, um like it's very clear that they all have different sounds, dramatically different sounds. Definitely. And so the problem is, is that it's not like, and, and TDE is not trying to operate this like a machine where they're like, we have the Kendrick album, which sets up a similar sounding Schoolboy Q album, which sets up the Black Hippie Supergroup hypothetical album, which then we can do different things with with J Rock and, and Absol, and then we can bring so, like they're not there's there appears to be no plan. Agree. At least for TDE as a whole, it appears to be like we're gonna let people do the music they want to do when the stuff happens naturally. We're gonna let it happen, but like it there, uh, it's absolutely crazy to me that like I feel like TDE has lost so much momentum. Mm. Kendrick has not. Right. Everybody else has. I agree. Um, and in a way, um, To Pimple Butterfly was such a singular work. Like, that sound, that's not like a TDE album. That is a Kendrick Lamar album. Mm. And that's totally fine. And that's totally great. But it doesn't help, like, the the concept of TDE. You know what I mean? And the other, the other way it's weird is, and again, you know, I, talk, I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago or last week. I can't remember. But like, you know, Collard Greens, I thought that was clearly an attempt to be like, okay, we're going to get Schoolboy Q, the Kendrick single. Yeah. And uh, it didn't really happen. That It happened with, but it, the funny part is, is it happened with a record that sounds like a Schoolboy Q record. Which is? Uh, studio. Right. And he had, no, that's right. He had, he had more success with other records. I loved Collard Greens. I thought that's a great beat. I love Kendrick it's on it. Like, yeah. I like that song a lot, and I thought it just didn't work for whatever reason. But, you know, his two appearances on the J-Rock album are in no, like, they're just not even trying to get, like, a commercial single off this. Is there a single on this album? Let's go to SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a documentary, but I didn't see a video for anything. But, you know. I mean, they they, they put out, you know, Money Trees Deuce um, early on. I, I didn't really love that record when it came out, but it's kind of grown on me. I like that beat a lot. Um, I can't believe they didn't get Kendrick on it though. How are you gonna make Money Trees Part Two and Kendrick's not on it? Well, mo- I'm maybe because the thought is is that people know that record for or as being J Rock's sort of standout verse. Okay, so let's give him his own version. I mean, I, I get I get your sort of thing, but <laughs> right, you know, I th- it's weird how they they are. It seems like they don't want to rely on Kendrick. That's like they very wanna, true. That is they very wanna, true. They want to prove to themselves or prove to something or someone that they can be successful without Kendrick. Mm. You know, so that's why they don't get Kendrick on the single. They get him on the posse cut, you know, Vice City. Right. But then they're, but then they're all rapping like him. Because mm. that's a Kendrick flow. Oh, yeah. Nobody else is rapping like that. That's a Kendrick flow that he brought. And then they were like, yeah, let's all do it, you know. Right. So no, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I just, yeah, it's... Um... <sighs> It's unusual to me. I haven't quite figured it out, but I think you're right. I think it really just boils down to, you know, people um, 
you know, I'm sure that they all feel like, yeah, of course I can like make my own thing. I don't need, not in a bad way, but it's like, you know, they don't need Kendrick. I'm sure that's the thought. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think for me, like, I just don't know if J-Rock can hold down an entire album. Mm. He's not bad on here, but there's not really, there's not many parts of this where I'm like, whoa. Again, this brings up my point where I said a few weeks ago about everybody's putting out music in 2015 and the beats are dope. The rapping is dope. But for whatever reason, it's just not a lot of it is just not clicking. A lot of it is music that we're not listening to past the week, the week that it's out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, what's the point? And we can have all the and we we can talk and I, we can talk about this later on. But like you can do all the marketing you can capitalize on all the buzz. You can do all those things right. But if the music doesn't have staying power, what are you doing? Hmm. At the end of the day, that's still your bread and butter. All the other stuff, yes, has become just as important as the music. Now more than ever, just because the audience has somewhat of a, of a, a gauge on it. But right. you still got to make music that, that lasts more hmm. than anything. It, it, it's, it's, it's crazy now where good music doesn't last. Well, that's an interesting concept. The concept of what music lasts and what music doesn't and, and, and how you should do it. You know, like, I think the direct contrast to the sort of idea of like, what, to me, like what Kendrick did earlier this year, right? Where like to him, to, to pimp a butterfly, that is like, he, I don't think we're going to hear like new Kendrick music for a little while, right? Like he's going to, he's going to ride that. And you know what though? I don't know. Did you check out? Uh, did you see Kendrick's performance on Colbert? I didn't. I didn't. I, I keep. It's I keep a. It's a really, really dope melody or a medley of a. It's a pimp butterfly. I think he does. He does King Kunta. He does Mama, and he does uh ah. Uh, what's the name of the intro? Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he does the intro. To me, I don't need new Kendrick music for at least two years. I'm good. No, right, right. I mean, to me, like, I think it's a. I think. You know, this is a great transition. I don't know if you try. I don't know if you try to set it up this way, but like you can directly contrast that with what Future has been trying to do this year. Yeah, let's talk about it. Which is like we're just gonna keep putting out music. Low, low, low Wayne esque a little bit. So maybe, maybe a little cleaner. The 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 career arc of Future is really interesting. It is. Um, Are you, you talking know, about like back in the Dungeon Family days? No, I mean. You know, he had his little run with Mike Will and, you know, that that Pluto and Pluto 3D. And then he was on everyone's hooks. And especially I'm, when Mike Will had his real like moment, like 2013. Right. Yeah. And then and then he comes back with Honest, which didn't really do a whole lot. Yeah. But Move That Dope was sort of a surprise success. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, he has uh, taken the little Wayne model. Which is, and this is an interesting, you know, I haven't quite figured this out because I don't feel this way. So I struggle with it. So maybe you can help me. Like hip hop loves work ethic. I know I've talked about it, but like it is really applicable to future. Mm -hmm. Like more is not better. (sighs) Right? I mean. I think more is fine if more is good. So for future... The thing that the thing about it is that he is feeding his audience exactly what they want. Mm. So it, so it's working for him. And then the sort of the casuals who, as you said, are in love with work ethic, they can jump on the bandwagon because there's an artist who's bringing as a, a buzzword new energy to 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 hip hop. And now we have to check this guy out. And then but of course, the casuals are going to say, what, what are his best songs? What do I need to listen to first? Mm. So, you know, even out of those three mixtapes, you've got, of course, March Madness. Uh, and the only other one I really know about is Real Sisters. Other than that, I don't really remember a whole lot. I didn't I honestly didn't really pay attention. But there's there's records that I've seen. And I, and I mean that in like a, in a, in a, a dissy trolley way or whatever. But um, there's there's records I've seen people talk about consistently like, hey, this record is dope. This record is dope. This record is dope. So, you know, he, he's feeding his audience what? What they want. I, I mean, God, do we remember when Future was the Rex guy? <laughs> he was Rex on Rex on Rex. Right. And the other guy, who was it, YC or something like that, yeah. took the record, said it was him. And it's like, all right, we'll make another hove. And he couldn't. And then Future came back after that with whatever had happened. Was that Tony Montana? Tony after Montana, that? yeah. And people forget that Future and Drake kind of got into it over that record. Yeah, they've been they've had uh, moments of sparring before, like 
uh, what wasn't like Future supposed to be on tour with Drake, and then Future like tweeted something or was some problem or whatever and took him off. Like they've had issues, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then you know he was supposed to Drake wouldn't do the Tony Montana remix video, and you know Future fell away. So yeah, they haven't had a rosy relationship, and I'm very curious to know what artist has Drake had a rosy relationship with because sort of the uh, there's a line he says on 30 for 30 i'll pull it up a little later when we talk about the album but you know i really i just i'm just curious to know which one of drake's relationships are really authentic and how, just how many people are actually using him for the stimulus package right um that's an interesting question yeah I, i'm not sure i mean so i went back like you know i'll admit like future i and this can make me sound like the typical critic i miss the old future um what is the old future doc I miss Turn Out the Lights Future. Oh. Turn Out the Lights was a dope record. Love that record. That was such That's a like, unique record. It was a dope record. Um, And, you know, I went and I listened to 56 Nights and I listened to Beast Mode and I listened to all this stuff. And I'm just like, eh? Like, the, you know, he... um. I think March Madness is a cool record. I don't really love March Madness. Like that's not like if I'm picking a record from Fifty Six Nights, that's not what I'm picking. Um, the story behind Fifty Six Nights is fascinating. Oh my god, the story is that story is crazy. So for those who haven't heard, DJ Esco, who is um, Future's DJ and who is uh, Mister Atlanta right now, um, because right. he is uh, he is the guy at Magic City Mondays. Which we joked about, like <laughs> when I when I jumped on the Skype call with Armand, he asked what I did this weekend. I said I was I jokingly said I was at Magic City Mondays. Like, there's a really great article on GQ of all places about like inside Magic City and talks like it's a lot of DJ Esco and a lot of other people. And you know, if um, I wouldn't view this article at work because there are some pictures of some uh, enterprising young ladies with their clothes off. Um, now, I thought I thought there was another I thought another website like Vice or something had an article on him that was strictly about the 56 night story. There is. There's a whole other thing about the 56 night story. But for me, the interesting thing about I, I didn't see the GQ, article. the GQ article about that. The interesting thing about that was and this is kind of put it in perspective for me, like in a weird way, Magic City is what the tunnel was in the late 90s. Mm. And so. There's this like, Armand and I have been sort of, we've been coming to this, like, we're sort of building this theory. I don't know if we've quite put a name. We keep calling it like the generational gap. And so I've alluded to it before, but let me see if I can try to get it into a decent place. So like for those of us who came up on mid to late 90s hip hop, specifically New York hip hop, the idea of a of, of a tunnel banger, right? In, in funk yeah. flex parlance. Fam. Was, was it, when I say that, there are records that pop into your head, right? Fam, I uh that SoundCloud page that we keep referencing, <laughs> they have um like recorded nights from Funk Flex and Fat Man Scoop or Big Cap or whatever DJing at the tunnel that night. And the records that they're playing that are ringing off in the tunnel are really fascinating. Right. Like like The Locks Wild Out. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. I'm shocked. But, People, all right. Right. That you know, that was when New York was still at the center of hip hop, right? And so the tunnel, it was this night, it was this idea of like, if my record can ring off in the tunnel, it can ring off anywhere. Yep. And that sounds crazy in 2015 because that is not the sound of music now. Like, if the tunnel still existed in a similar form, if a record rang off in the tunnel, that you might not even make it to New York radio, right? Yeah. Because it, it, a, a quote unquote, if a song sounds like what a ton, tunnel banger sounded like in the late nineties, that's not getting on the radio, right? Because things have changed. And like, so at, first of all, the emergence of Atlanta as being the center of the hip hop universe, right? That was step one. And then really the continued, like Magic City's been around forever. Like it's been referenced in songs forever, but like in a sense, like DJ Esco, like really holding down like his spot on Magic City Mondays. And then actually Future was the first big artist to come out of there. And it's because if you watch the video, it's crazy on GQ.com. Like him and DJ Esco were friends, but they they hid it from everybody. So Esco would play Future Records. And people were like, oh, who's this Future guy? Yeah. They, I mean, they essentially scammed everybody. <laughs> you call it a scam. Is that the right word to use? Let me, I, I, I'll, I'll, let me, let me, let me roll back. So imagine it's 1995. Uh, yeah, let's just say it's 95. Funk Flex is playing records at the tunnel. And 
all of a sudden you're like, man, who's this Jay-Z guy? This <laughs> stuff is crazy. And it turns out that him and Flex were friends the entire time. Right. That would feel a little weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it, you know, it shouldn't because there's always relationships between DJs and rappers and everything else. But Esco has this unique, like he is, I mean, we, we always make fun of the stereotypical New York hip hop tastemakers. Like he is what those guys were. Like that is what Esco is now. That's so a, like, I guess my question is though, like does, in order to be that to me, you have to play other rap or other rappers besides, you know, quote unquote, your artists. Well, and he does and he okay. does. And so like they talk, like there is this, you know, the, I tell you the G guard is great. Um, it's called, I've got to open one of my tabs. It's called a uh, great title. Make it rain. How an Atlanta strip club runs the music industry. Um, All right. Let me, uh, it's on GQ. Um, yeah, let, me, let me pocket that pocket's great um but so what we think like the records that we grew up on there was a whole cycle around it right it was there was the sound and it worked in the tunnel and it worked because new york was where all the record labels were and it was where the media was so it was this small pocket that got to influence the entire country first of all a lot more music industry people live in atlanta and secondly like really just the fact that that is now the most popular stuff. It is this virtuous cycle where you get all these, all these people affiliated with the industry in this room, you get in this room on Mondays, and then you get this reputation of, Oh, if it comes out of magic city, that must be something that we need to pay attention to. And it becomes this huge cycle that feeds upon itself to where you now have records that are designed to do well in magic city. Right. Mm -hmm. Much like there were, there were records that were designed to do well in the tunnel. Right. Artists started making records thinking this is a good played in the tunnel. Tunnel banger. Right. 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 So it's it's the same concept, just a different era. So like reading this article and thinking about it this way really made me sort of. And after that, when I'm listening to some of Future's records, it's like, well, yeah, he's making records for Magic City. Mm. And that might not be for me. I mean, like, you know, so like, I mean, it's tough for old heads. Like, and that's what I'll call us. Right. Like, and it has nothing to do whether or not you like or don't like strip clubs right but like you know like we think of like this theoretical like you know hip-hop start out in the park or it was from the streets <laughs> like seriously there are these like time-worn cliches about hip-hop right yeah yeah but for like if you're if you're in or around the atlanta area and that is where everybody is migrating towards if you want to make it in in hip-hop hip-hop starts at the club right yeah and mm-hmm. the phrase that you and i joke about all the time like oh they're gonna make a movie like when you read this article, you kind of understand, and it's really interesting because there's a whole lot of things at play, right? There's the, there are, there are the lives of the strippers and how, you know, they understand, like they, they sort of, they see sort of their role in the fantasy of the movie that is being played. Right. And what do they get out of it? Well, strippers at magic city make a ton of money. Right. But then they talk about strippers who are like who get addicted to the money, like all the. It's a really interesting article, but like it is this entirely self-contained ecosystem. And so when you listen to Futures records and really, frankly, a lot of Atlanta records, all of a sudden, a lot of things make sense, like in a way, like to me as like a producer on a technical level, I'm like, oh, like stuttering hi-hats like this is going to sound so dumb to say, but I'm a white boy. So I'll say it like it's not that that just that trend came out of nowhere. It's because it's what it, it's easier for strippers to twerk to like uh, uh, so much about futures sound and Metro Boomin sound and Zaytoven sound. And a lot of these guys who don't just make Atlanta records, but because they're popular, they then spread out elsewhere. And it is essentially a huge chunk of the sound of hip hop right now. It is really all driven by will this play in Magic City? Much like 20 years ago, it was will Funk Flex play this at the tunnel? Mm. and it's just a different it's the same thing it's just a different time and we're not of that era that is not you know we're not 13 coming up on this right when you're 13 14 15 that you think that's like the greatest music in the history of music right every generation does this and we're our you know this whole generation who came up on tunnel bangers (laughs) they literally like they almost can't like process this Mm. but it's no different just a different generation different place generation wow all right Way to break that down. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a response other than there. You know, I think what the problem is for a lot of, you know, sort of these old heads that we're, we're, we're talking about is. And, and let, me, let me say real quick. I said that in an endearing way. You and I are old heads. Nah, speak okay. for yourself. <laughs> we, we are on the line. 
We're on the line. You and I um, think that dudes who came up on like on like KRS are old heads. Yeah, they K- oh they definitely are. KRS right, 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 yeah. right. But like seventeen year olds think that we're old heads. It's all yeah. relative. I got yeah. I got almost got kicked out of my barbershop for talking about KRS. Anyway, <laughs> um, there's this there's sort of this idea about yes, you're right. Like music, what the park what the park was to New York at one point was what the clubs are in the South. Right. And I think what the older heads can do is understand that hip hop reaches and can go to other places. Like, I think the, the problem is, is that they take, they take this one idea and they see a lot of people gravitating toward it, towards this idea. And they get mad because their idea, the thing that they fell in love with is not the main idea anymore. Mm. And now it's, it's dumber it's more ignorant. And while those things may be true, that is debatable. At the end of the day, you have to focus on what you fell in love with about it. And if you can't at least at a minimum appreciate or understand it, then like don't comment on it. Well, I also think like the, you know, the, I mean, frankly, the existence of the internet as a platform for listening to music now means that if you don't, want to care about this you don't have to exactly like exactly you have you have access to not only every like song like i mean for the most part like there's some stuff off mixtapes that can't legally be included and there's a whole side conversation about that right and that's why guys like you and i have and, and, and you know girls of course have this too like people like you and i have crazy collections right because there's certain stuff where we're like oh i need that because spotify doesn't have that or apple music doesn't have that or whatever but so not only do you have access to all the old stuff and you don't have to lug CDs around. But for artists who who aren't making stuff that sounds like it is designed to be played in Magic City or another strip club in Atlanta or elsewhere, you you can easily find that stuff. Like yeah, there, there are other artists who are making the type of music that you want to hear today, right? And like twenty years ago, I mean, look at it this way: like, let's say that when you heard, you know, when you know when 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 Puffy sold out, well. Puffy always sold out, right? But when Puffy started, sam- when, when, when Puff sampled Diana Ross and when Puffy is doing all that, what options did you have in 97? You had the radio. Well, you didn't like that. If, if the, you know what I mean? Like if, if, if you were folding your arms at, at Puff in 97, you had the radio. Well, good luck. You had MTV. Nope. BET. Maybe. Like, and you know what I mean? Like it's you, so much. In certain areas, you might have had a mix. You might have had mixtapes. Right. So you had to go try to find stuff, or you just tuned out, or whatever. So yeah. many more options now. So like, it's never been a better time to be an old head. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Instead of just looking at what the kids are doing, like you're you're not because supp- to keep it real, if you go back, the old heads back then were saying the same thing about the music that you cherish now. Mm. It's just different. It's just it's just different. You are now them. Mm. And and people people don't under people don't understand that. So just just bask bask in what you have accepted to be true, bask in it, enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Like so it is it 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 is what it is. But you can't get on this sort of tirade. And you know I think this is a good place to transition now. Like yeah. you know where it's almost like this real hip hop conversation. Like y'all can have future. I'm gonna listen to Ghostface and Most Def and Cool Quali and Lupe Fiasco. Great, exactly. Great. Do it. Do it. And I hope so because those artists are still making music and they exactly. need fans to support them. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Because when when is anybody listening to and I'm not saying this in a in a negative way. Is anybody listening to Talib Kwali's Kwali just put out a free project like 2 months ago? Are did you listen to that? Uh, Lupe just put out a mixtape like a month ago that was actually pretty good. Did you listen to that? He put out an album at the beginning of the year. Did you listen to that? What I'm saying is, is people are no that Lupe mixtape was dope. You bugging? People are (laughs) those artists that you were champ minus maybe like most deaf or whatever because he's doing his own thing. But 90% of those artists are still making music. They are still touring. Put your money and your ears over there. And understand that just the marketplace is not number one. The marketplace is different. And as we're talking about with artists like Rick Ross and two chains, these artists who were popping like two or three years ago, they're having a hard time finding their way in. Like, so imagine what it is for artists who was out 10 years ago. 
Well, and part of it too is like we are at the beginning of the process of our generation getting older and nostalgic for this stuff and the market will widen. Like we will do what happened, like what happened to the baby boomers will happen to us. Like there are entire stations on satellite radio that are, that are designed for a baby boomer to tune into and be like, Oh, I remember that, you know, and it, it sucks you down this nostalgia vortex. Like that is what our generation will have as well. So you just got to keep putting your money where your mouth is. Like right. it, it will, it will get there. Like it's just a transition time. And in fact, we're, like I said, we're just so much better off. We have so many more options, so many more options. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So now, you know, there, there was this complex article and I glanced over it, but I saw sort of the backlash where somebody pretty much talked about, I forgot the name of the article, but it was pretty much saying how. Is it all you real rap fans need to stop hating on what a time to be alive? Yes. <laughs> so basically he's, he's saying, you know, y'all always do this every time there's an artist who's out, blah, blah, blah. And you know, the article, first off, it's not an article. It's, it's like a blog. It's, it's an a, opinion well, piece. It's a rant. It's a rant. And to, for me, I'm starting to see that more in the media where I'm seeing like news outlets sort of give or report the news in, a, a, in an opinionated way rather than just presenting the news and letting the audience decide for themselves. I'm seeing it a little more obvious of a push towards this way or that way. Um, but yeah, this is like an editorial rant or a blog rant, which I don't think it had a place on Complex's website unless they have a a section dedicated to rants and editorials and opinion pieces and stuff like that. But the guy th- ends up throwing Lupe Fiasco and, and Quali into this conversation where he's like, you know, we don't want to hear Lupe and Talib. We don't want to hear their music at barbecues. And they respond to it and they pretty much go on. Well, Lupe goes off and Quali has more of a of a a targeted response, which I liked, but how do you, how do you feel about that? I didn't see the responses. Um, how do I, I mean, so this rant as we can call it, but you know, we can call it an article, whatever, like it's, it's a couple, it tries to do a couple, it, there's a couple different aspects to it. Right. So first of all, they're like, first of all, what they try to say, you know, what is real quote unquote. And they try to attack it from that. They try to attack it from, well, isn't hip hop party music. And we've heard that one, that one's been, that one gets that line gets trotted out every like five years or so, right? Absolutely. Every time there's something new. Well, you know, hip hop used to be fun and people used to dance to it. So what do you know? Blah blah. You know that that I don't know. I feel like that always gets that always gets tossed. I mean, around. but hey, uh, fight the power was a dance record, right? But that yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Like that, <laughs> that's that's also what like people. I don't know. I feel like things are a product of their time. Sure. Right. Sure. So, so so now, and this is my question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Keep going. Keep no, going. No, let me write. Let me write this down. I are you going to ask me? Are there going to be? Is there going to be like a Black Lives Matter fight the power record? Not that, but I mean, like, whenever we hear like sort of introspective, deep thought records now, they're always kind of emo and somber. Are we going to get sort of a? You mean fight like? You mean like all right? Aha! You're right. There's but there's one. That's okay. one. That's one. It's possible. It's possible. Are we going to get more of those? I think it's a question of the artists who want to talk about it. Do they want to do that kind of music? I think there is a, I don't think it's just a question of like, why aren't the new, why aren't quote unquote, like new artists being conscious? I think it's a question of, well, if you're a conscious artist, why don't you make some turn up records? Like (laughs) it goes both ways, right? Like I, I think, you know, Kendrick didn't have to make that record sound that way. Right. He wanted it to sound that way for a reason, right? It's, you know, um, with every art form, there is content and then there is delivery. Yeah. The de- how you deliver that, not just delivery in terms of like rap delivery, but how it is presented, right? You could write the same movie, but shoot it and act it in very different ways. And it would yeah. have the same content, but it would be aimed at very different audiences. And you can do the same thing with rap songs. So like, uh, you know, only thing I would say to that is, I think there is a stigma for rap, you know, I don't know. I feel like there is a little bit of a stigma because many of the fans who want to hear quote quote unquote conscious, or we can say politically active records, they don't actually would, they don't want to hear, um, you know, fight the power lyrics over what a time to be alive beats. (laughs) They don't want to hear that. But then they complain that that doesn't exist. They want to hear what they had. 
Right.、Mm-hmm. They just want to hear a different version of it. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, <laughs> you know, that's not how this works, actually. <laughs> that's rude. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.